Welcome back to Coaches Connection Podcast. This is episode 31. My name's Anne-Marie Cross, small business marketing and mindset coach. Do you ask yourself the question, how can I grow my coaching practice? What are the secrets that will help me fill my practice? And what marketing should I be doing to help my business become profitable? Well, you're in the right place. Whether you're just starting up your coaching practice or maybe you've been in business a while, this podcast is devoted to helping you take your results to the next level. I'll teach you the right business and marketing strategies that you should have in place to communicate your meaningful message in a powerful way so you can stand out and finally grow a successful, profitable coaching practice. Let's get started. Well, I've got another jam-packed show for you today. Today's Words of Wisdom is all about how to boost your productivity in your coaching practice by hiring team so you can work on revenue-generating responsibilities. Keith Keller, who is our global Twitter marketing specialist, he joins us again on the Socially Savvy segment to talk about automation, scheduling your tweet versus tweeting live, and he'll discuss... And he'll discuss and he'll discuss which is best. And of course, as always, like I do on every single show, I want to share an inspirational message to help you nourish your mind, body, and spirit for the week ahead. So let's dive in to today's words of wisdom. And I really wanted to share some strategies with you on how you can be far more productive during your day. So you continue to be as efficient as possible by working on the right activities. And one way to increase your productivity and profitability is to ensure you don't try and do everything yourself, but rather hire a team to support you. And I know that the thought of hiring staff can be a scary one. And you might be saying to yourself, I can't afford team. And if that's you, please don't think that this show is not for you. In fact, I created this show, this topic, especially for you. So this show is a must listen Because today, you'll see how not hiring team, how telling yourself, I can't afford it yet, it's going to stop you from growing your coaching practice or taking it to the next level. Or what will happen, and you may already be there already, is you're experiencing exhaustion and frustration because you're trying to do everything yourself. And you're actually stopping yourself from getting new clients, if that sounds like you. I also want to share with you a few hiring resources where you can hire incredibly talented contractors at very cost-effective investment levels. And these tools are great. In fact, these resources, I've used many of them myself, with one of them, something I use every single day to manage my team. And then I want to end this segment with um, just some quick productivity tips to help keep your motivation up and your efficiency levels up during the day as well. So let's dive in. Now, wherever you are in your coaching practice, whether you're just starting out in business or whether you've been in business for a little while, even if you're new and you've got a limited amount of clients and you haven't got as much money to invest in staff, it's easy to see why you would choose to continue to try and do everything yourself. And I really want to speak to you uh, today 
And notice that I said the word invest. Invest is normally not something that you think of when you think about hiring staff. It may sound a little bit strange because you would rather think of that as as an expense. It's something that's going to cost you. It's going to be an out-of-pocket expense. But usually when we think of it that way, we don't see the benefit that it's going to return, our return on investment, so to speak, because... Now, notice that I said earlier the word invest in staff. And it may sound strange to think that money you pay to your team is an investment because usually when we speak about staff, we think of costs, which then draws our attention to the fact that we don't really have enough funds to hire a team, so we end up doing the tasks ourselves. However, this is under false pretenses or false thinking that we are saving money. And I remember years ago, some of my first mentors used to stress the importance of hiring team before you really need them and before you can comfortably afford them. Now, stay with me now and don't debate uh, with me why this is a silly notion. I'll I'll tell you why, and this is exactly what my mentors uh, said to me. Firstly, getting support in your business is important if you are struggling to do the tasks in your business that you're not good at and it's taking you so much longer to complete. Getting support in your business is important if you hate performing the tasks or just one task and therefore what happens is even leading up to you having to do the task, your energy starts to be depleted, you might drag your feet, procrastinate and even while performing the task it takes a while for you to finish it off, to complete it, and then get back into the flow of getting it on with your day. And if you're honest, you may also find that you make mistakes or you let things slip through, putting it down to, look, it'll do. Or another sign that you really do need to get support in your business is that you're working on tasks that are taking you away from your expertise and tasks that generates you income. So let's just talk about each of these briefly. Firstly, struggling to do a task because you're not skilled in it, it's not a strength and therefore it takes you so much longer to do. Or you might even dislike it. This task is not really one that you're going to develop because it may not be a natural skill or strength for you. For instance, say you're not very creative and in fact you don't really like creating things at all but you're doing all of your graphic designs, your flyers, you're creating those through Word or some other program, maybe even your images that you're sharing on social media, maybe even your website, you know, the images on your website and how that looks, your business cards and any other design needs, you're doing all of this yourself. Now, only, now not only is this taking you far longer to do than an expert graphic designer would take, the images that you're creating are probably not as professionally, visually, if compared to you hiring and investing in a professional graphic designer. Now, I've seen some flyers and business cards that look very unprofessional. They look substandard. It looks like someone in a home office has done it. And I'm not saying that a home office is bad. In fact, I still have a home office and I work with clients all over the globe. But it it looks really backyard. That's the word that I was looking for. It really looks backyard, doesn't it? And you're not a backyard coach. You do not want to communicate that message to a prospective client, do you? And when I talk about communicate your brand, it's very important to remind ourselves that first impressions count. 
And all of your branding elements, these are your touch points, can communicates your brand. So I want to ask you the question, what are your current branding points and communication, you know, brand touch points saying about you? This is just one example. However, what I'm trying to stress is or impress upon you is that whilst you may think you're saving money, in actual fact, you're not saving money. It may be costing you money because if the impression you're leaving with potential clients is unprofessional or it turns them off, that could be money that you are leaving on the table. Now, what about the example about doing a task that you hate? Now, I had a client who used to do all of her own bookkeeping and she did it for years. Not only did it take hours for her to do, leading up to her financial reports needing to be calculated and sent off to the tax weeks. In fact, a few weeks before, she would already start stressing and getting annoyed, knowing that she was going to have to waste an afternoon to do her tax. Now, when you add up all of that time and energy that she was wasting doing the books, you know, doing her bookkeeping and then the time leading up to her having to do the bookkeeping, and then even the hours that it would take for her to get back into the flow of things, she would find that she would procrastinate and just her energy would be depleted. It added up to a significant amount of time. And then she finally decided she could see that this was um, really depleting her energy and stopping her from getting out and generating income. So she invested in a bookkeeper. And once she did, she never looked back. In fact, she saved herself four hours that it would normally take her to struggle through her bookkeeping. And she also saved a few hours either side, you know, of leading up to having to do the bookkeeping and then later on trying to get back into the flow. And guess how long it took her bookkeeper to do the entire bookkeeping for the quarter? About an hour, a little bit over an hour, I think. Now talk about time efficient. That freed up my client to work on more important things such as getting out in front of her ideal clients, having sales conversations, getting out there and networking, doing speaking presentations, all of that good stuff that required her expertise and got her out in front of prospective clients and having opportunities to sign up clients. Now, this leads me to my third point, and this is continuing to work on tasks that are taking you away from much more important functions in your business. And these tasks and these functions include things that can and should be outsourced to a team member, such as general admin, clerical duties, website updates, scheduling social media posts, bookkeeping, filing, mailing, and any other thing that doesn't necessarily require your expertise, doesn't necessarily require you to do the work you know, successfully. And I'm not saying that these tasks are not important. They're absolutely important because if they're not done, your business ceases. But what I am saying is that if you're doing all of these things, that means that you're not going out and speaking to larger groups of your ideal clients. You're not having conversations with prospective clients, are you? Who may be interested in your coaching services. And you're not out there being interviewed by the media to get your message out there in a much more powerful way. So can you see the difference between those two tasks? One task that needs you and your expertise and gets you out in front of your ideal client and signing them up is what you should really be focused on. And everything else you should aim eventually to be outsourced, to be given to your team 
to do that for you. And remember, you should invest in team before you need them. Because what happens is it stretches you forward. It stretches you in a positive way to move forward, to stretch. It fires you up to work on all of those activities that will help you to take your business to the next level. And hopefully you can see how this works. Now, for instance, say you can't hire a team member. For instance, you can't hire a team member for you to present. For instance, you can't hire a team member to present your signature talk for you in front of an audience. You need to do that, don't you? Um, you can't hire a team member to go out networking, to build your connections and relationships, unless, of course, you hire a, a team member who becomes part of your organisation to represent you at these meetings. Otherwise, if you're not going to do that, you really need to be there yourself, don't you? Talking, networking, engaging with prospective clients. Now, imagine if you are using podcasts like I'm creating today, or maybe you like to record videos as part of your marketing material. You can't really hire a staff member to record those for you. You have to do it yourself. For instance, I'm talking here with you now. I can't hire a team member to speak to you on my behalf, unless, of course, you know, um, I want to hire someone that does that. But there's a deeper connection that I can have with the podcast because I want to speak with you. I want to have a, a relationship with you where I'm building trust and, and deepening that experience so that you can feel comfortable if you decide I'm ready to move forward and Anne-Marie is the coach that I want to work with. Now, I would not be able to generate that had I um, invested in a team member to do that. So you can kind of see that there are differences between some tasks that I need to do because my level of expertise is in there because I love podcasting and it's something that taps into my strengths and it's a way that I can reach out to you, my ideal client, and hopefully you've been able to learn so much along the way in all of the podcasts that I've shared. And when you're ready to step forward, you would certainly consider working with me. I'd hope you you certainly would. That is my intention anyway. And as I mentioned earlier, there are some great resources where you can find incredible staff, incredible contractors that you can outsource to. Now, I've personally used a number of them and can highly recommend them. You do, of course, need to be clear on what you're looking for skill-wise and explain what your expectations are and what you need for them to do. And let's have a look at some of these resources. I'll list them for you and I'll also put them on the show notes. To get to today's show notes, you need to go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash CCP31 and that'll take you to the show notes. Now the resources, these are the staffing resources and I've used them uh, all bar one and I'll share which one I haven't used, uh, is www.odesk.com, so that's O-D-E-S-K.com. And Fiverr, www.fivrr.com. And the last one I haven't used, but I've heard many good things about it, which is www.elance.com, E-L-A-N-C-E.com. Now, on all of these sites, the contractors have ratings, have scores, testimonials from previous employers about how well they performed the, the task and how happy those previous employers were. So it's another great way to check out their professionalism. And you need to do your due diligence you know, before making a decision to hire them, definitely. And you can choose them to either um, do a once-off job for you or maybe even an ongoing project. So there's a number of different options. But certainly 
check that out. And you know, once you find someone that meets your expectations and they're able to work on the task so that you can do other tasks, it's incredible because you really can start to work on far more important tasks that get you out in front of the client and get you out um, in front of and, can, and, and you know, really working on those revenue generating tasks. So take some time to write a list of all of the things that you currently do. Then go back through that list and highlight the things that require you to do because it, it requires your expertise. No one else can be hired to do this because really you're the only one who can complete the tasks and it really taps into your expertise, your strengths, you love doing that. And that may involve actual coaching with your clients. It may be speaking, you know, kind of that kind of marketing, networking. Some of those things can, um, can be combined together. And then highlight those. Then everything else in that list, you need to write in another column because eventually that list is what you will want to start to outsource. But for now, what I would do is select, go through those tasks in that separate list of all the things that need to be done and completed by other people and highlight the things that are really, really important that need to be done. And in other words, if you didn't outsource these tasks straight away, that means kind of your business could stop. And, and give me an, I'll give you an example. The very first task that I outsourced for my VA was to answer all of my inquiries, phone inquiries, email inquiries. So what I did was I outlined all of my expectations and what each of the tasks, you know, the step-by-step -step outline of what that role entailed. So really that was like a job description. I also developed scripts. So in other words, things that she needed to familiarize herself with how to respond to different questions and, and common questions that I would often be asked. Um, and that was either via email, so I had it all typed out, and of course she could use that if she was speaking to someone um, on the phone as well. I also developed a template of, and listing of all of my coaching programs, the costs, the inclusions, everything like that, as well as a common questions template. It was like a Q&A kind of thing, and there was a question and there was the common response. Now, she used this to answer her queries, and if something came up that she didn't know how to handle, what she would do would send it to me, I would write my response and how I would like her to respond, and then she would add that to the process manual as a future reference for her, but then she would know, good, if this happens again, this is how I respond. And it's as simple as that. It started off by me making a decision to say, you know what, I am taking too much time and answering all these queries. I can train someone up to support me in that. And I tell you what, when I finally didn't need to answer the phone anymore, I didn't need to answer any emails anymore and any queries and things like that, it took such a huge weight off my shoulders um, and, you know, that feeling of dread, it's like, oh, I've got to answer all that. And it's the same old thing again and again that I need to respond. Not that I didn't want to respond to them. It's just that I was really stretched for time and I was finding that um, I was stretching myself way, way too thin and I've never looked back. And I know now that when she leaves, I've been working with the same VA, that VA, for so many years and um, she really is my right-hand person. And I know that whenever she's away, um, I need to respond to her and say to her, you know, if I've got to handle uh, a few things over a few days, I have to ask her, now, how do we do that again? Because I've just passed that all on to her. I no, need, no longer need to worry about that. My next step, of course, is to go and uh, train someone 
to be able to step into that role while while she's away but that's on my my to-do list so that I don't have to go back and and do that of course so start with some basic tasks so that you get comfortable with um, overseeing and managing that team member once that's working really well from you or for you you can increase their tasks or even hire another team member to support you but do what I did get it down on paper first the expectations the requirements like a job description um, the scripts and everything that they need to know get it all typed up so that it becomes part of your procedure manual and that is something that you'll want to keep as far as your documentation and templates for your um, your office anyway so that should be very important as part of um, team and staff and, and managing that so what I want you to do is to make a commitment to writing that down, doing those couple of exercises and outsourcing at least one thing to get started. And I tell you what, what you then use, that time that you freed up, make sure that you really do use it for the more productive, more revenue generating tasks. So you don't end up using that time that you've just saved or gotten back and other fluff stuff, if you know what I mean. And you need to answer yourself honestly, am I working on the right type of activities? Or does this need to be outsourced as well? So now if you're feeling a little bit overly stressed about money and you know that this is really a serious barrier that you need to break through if you want to take your coaching practice to the next level, then I've got a great resource that you might want to consider. And it's my Breakthrough Your Money Dramas, Your Pathway to More Confidence, Clients and Cash 60-Day e-course. It's a great place to start if you lay awake at night worrying about money or you wonder what's stopping you from making more money despite all of your hard work. So to help you break through your money dramas, this e-course includes money breakthrough lessons, powerful action steps and other insights. So I really recommend that you go and pop across and have a look at that. And of course, the, the details, the link is on the show notes, which you'll find at www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash CCP31. All right, so just to finish off, here are some productivity tips for you and to help you really boost your productivity during the day. Firstly, turn off all distractions when you're working and I mean social media as well. I had to do that today and, and actually yesterday too because we had a, a, a shortened week now here in Victoria and I that means my, my week was cut down by two days. So I just needed to really focus on, on creating some uh, um, programs and other commitments for, for you know the, this week so I turned off all the distractions answer emails only during specific times of the day don't be tempted to respond as soon as an email comes in because you'll get to a stage where your email will start managing you and you'll get overwhelmed so select different times of the day that you want to handle emails and really make a commitment that those are the times only the times that you'll jump on respond you know get download your emails and then respond this one is really important too and this is something that I do every single day. Know what time of day that you are at your best and schedule more creative activities or tasks that you know that you need your full concentration on and schedule them during those times. Now for me, I know very early in the morning is a great time for me because less distractions. So if I need to do something where I really need to concentrate like write articles or something like that, then I know that I don't need to, don't you know, answer my email or look at my email first thing. In fact, leave that till later on during the day and really work on all of those tasks. My energy kind of increases too um, later on in the day, kind of in the middle of the day. That's when I get a little bit tired. So I try not to structure, um, 
you know, tasks that really require my full, full attention. And of course, that reminds me with the, you know, the last tip that I want to share is to take regular breaks as this can refresh you, even if it's changing positions, stretching, um, looking out of the window so that your eyes get a break if you do a lot of um, computer work, you know, that sort of thing. So very important. So those are kind of um, four little tips that I want to share with you. Now, do you have any other techniques that you use regularly that's worked really well in boosting your productivity? If you do, go ahead and let me know in the comment section below the show notes or if you are on iTunes, go ahead and, and leave a comment there about what you do to boost your productivity. It's always really good to, um, to hear you and, and what's been going on. So without any further ado, let's move in to the next segment, which is our socially savvy segment, and hear what Keith Keller has uh, to share with us today. Now we're back to our very special segment, which we are going to be running over 10 episodes. And of course, it's our very special series for coaches and consultants who want to focus on how to promote themselves and their products using Twitter. And of course, we've got with us Keith Keller, one of our global business partners. And before we dive into today's tip, which is another very exciting one, let me introduce a very special global business partner. Now, Keith Keller is now very well known internationally as the global Twitter marketing specialist. He's appeared on numerous radio shows, tally seminars, webinars, Google Hangouts across the US, Canada, the UK and Europe, as well, of course, as Australasia. Now, in addition, Keith also offers one-on-one -on -one coaching about Twitter marketing to clients around the world via Skype and now has an ever-growing list of social media training products available. Welcome to another one of our very special series that we're doing, Keith. Oh, you're very welcome. Isn't, this is just so cool. We're on to part five and we're really rocking now. We certainly are. What are we talking about today? I want to talk about scheduling, the idea of putting in place some automation that allows you to, to talk to a, a multitude of people all over the world when when your market might not be in the town you live. Yes, yeah. Before you, because I know you've got some number of great resources and tools that we can use, but just speak about uh, uh, the automation versus live, because I know some people say, oh, you shouldn't be automating, you shouldn't be scheduling. But, you know, you and I both think quite differently. Just share a little bit more about how you can integrate both in, in your business. Well, well, yeah, so let's talk about that idea of automation versus live. You know, obviously, I would imagine it's preferable to tweet live. You're real, you're there, you're engaging. But you're also a human being that needs to sleep and eat and look after your child and do exercise. And the most important thing, especially if you have a global vision, is that a lot of your followers and your clients might be awake when you're asleep. And they may need information when you're simply not there. So by scheduling your tweets, and there's some cool stats around this you you're spreading your information throughout the day so that you're you're trying to cover all bases 55% of my followers live in the US I have more followers in California than the whole of Australia mm -hmm. more followers in New York than Melbourne more followers in Toronto than Sydney 
So if I only thought of Australian time and tweeting live, there's about 87% of my followers, my potential clients that would just miss out on my information. Yes. So some very clever people over the last couple of years have devised these products, some of them free, some of them paid, where you can actually manage this sensibly and get that balance between being engaged as a human being but also living your life. What are your thoughts on this, Amory? Because it's very important that we have work-life balance here, isn't it? I think so. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, and I think this may be an aha for people, particularly if they're busy tweeting away, how do you know whether your audience is actually away? Because they may be tweeting at times where everybody else is, is in bed. Now, I know in last week's episode, Keith, you spoke about a couple of resources that showed you where or who's following you and whether they're retweeting you. Is that a, a tool that you can use to find out where people are located in the world? Uh, or is it another tool that you're going to be sharing? It? There is an amazing tool. This isn't even in the show notes. and This is a bit of a surprise. Oh, <laughs> this is this is possibly my favourite recent tool. It's a site called Tweeps Map, T W E E P M A P dot com. Again, completely free with an upsell if you want to get more stats. It'll tell you where your followers are. Now I can tell you categorically that thirteen percent of my followers are in Australia, fifty-five percent of my followers are in America, yes. 7% are in Canada, 7% in the UK, and the rest are scattered throughout India and Brazil and Portugal. So if I, using that intel, if I you know, was to say, well, 55% of my followers are in the US, I have to honour that. Yes. I, have to, I have to speak to them. 7% are in Canada, so that's the same time zone. 7% are in the UK. I have to at least consider what that means to me. Because yeah, it's a flip sure. side, just in case you're not working on the global clock. It's almost impossible for me to talk to London because it's the flip side. I, I'm getting up there, going to bed. You know, I'm, I'm finishing my dinner there, just starting their breakfast. Yeah, for sure. But so that's really important because, you know, sometimes if people are thinking that you might have been tweeting and you're thinking no one's responding or retweeting or anything like that live, like when I'm sharing stuff. And that's because if you go to tweet, sorry, tweetmaps, Com and we'll put the uh, link in the show notes, um, you may find that just like Keith, your audience is on the other side of the world. So when you're actually tweeting live, they're not even seeing your tweets because they're all, they're in bed or they're, they're not there because it's, you know, an odd hour and this in the is, morning. This is all part of the idea of statting, using the analogy of me standing on the top of the Empire State Building and shouting in my, you know, grossly uh, ruffian Aussie accent, here I am, mm. you know, if you use that analogy in the social media space, you've got to stat it. You've got to know, if I tweet at 7 a.m., is anyone listening? Or should I give that up and go for a run and come back and tweet at 9 o'clock? Or oh, sure. should I just give up the mornings and tweet after tea, after dinner? Or should I get up a bit earlier and tweet at 4 a.m.? Once you know the stats, you can make up your own mind. And there's an amazing site. I only, I've been starting to use this recently. Again, at this stage, it's completely free. It's called Tweeriod, T-W-E-R-I-O-D. Okay. Now, I'm sorry that we've got all this techo language, but I'm, I'm chunking it down in special 10-minute sections so that you can do this. Okay. And what Tweeriod does is it tells you, based on your stats, what the best time to tweet is for you. Yeah, yeah. So it measures maybe your last 1,000 tweets or your last 1,000 followers, 
and obviously if it uh, if you've just started, it probably prorates them there. And it just says, okay, well, based on your stats and your followership and the amount of times you tweet, the best time for you to tweet is 7.07 a.m. on a Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And the next best time is, you know, 7.07 uh, or, you know, maybe 8.15 a.m. every day. So there you go. You know, okay, well, if I get up a bit earlier, because I'm not a morning person, I might get up and say, okay, well, I'll have my breakfast early, and at 7 o'clock I might spend an hour on Twitter and chat to all those people that are there. At 7 o'clock, at the moment, it's um, 2 p.m. in L.A. It's uh, 5 p.m. in New York. It's about 11 p.m. in London. So that's actually a pretty dynamic time. Everyone's awake. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if I waited till after dinner, everyone in New York is in bed. People in LA are starting to get ready for bed. And people in um, out London haven't woken up yet. Yeah, very important. And so once you realise that there's some certain times that you get your most retweets and, and, and people sharing your stuff, yet it's in the middle of the night for you, let's talk about some of these tools that we can yeah. really leverage to, to automate some of these tweets. So we're automating. So if you do, if you do decide or you, the, the tools that you use say, look, you know what, Keith, and this did happen for a very long time, the best time for me to tweet for a very, very long time was about 2.55 a.m. And I've got to tell you, I did try staying up that long. Wow. <laughs> I did try it. I tried it a few times. But 3 o'clock in the morning, I mean, very few people in the world are awake at 3 o'clock in the morning in their time zone. So I just had to resort to technology. So there's three sites I want to talk about. My favourite site is called Buffer, and I'll tell you about that in detail. And there's two other variations, one called Hootsuite, which most people have heard of, and a complete variation on that called Gremlin, which is almost identical, G-R-E-M-L-N-O-I.com. What Hootsuite and Gremlin do is they allow you to schedule tweets ahead of time. I personally find them a bit clunky, but that's just personal choice. But they are very robust, and they also have a dashboard that allows you to keep uh, up to date with what everyone's doing. They're a great site. They have a variation on the free version. There is some free tools that you can use very limited and then I think for 10 bucks a month you can get access to everything and I'm going to ask you in a minute what you use mm -hmm. but I, I actually love Buffer B-U-F-F-E-R-A-P-P.com Buffer app and I'll tell you why I love it most of the times when I was scheduling with the other sites you had to physically punch in 8am Monday 15th of March 1pm Monday 15th of March and people would schedule out a day or half a day a month to do their tweets ahead of time. And I'm not very good at admin, hate admin. And just that, I tried doing that, but I just never got around to it. But with Buffer, I love this site, what, what it does is it allows you to tell Buffer one time, based on your research, I want to tweet at 8 a.m., I want to tweet at 1 p.m., I want to tweet at 4 p.m., and I want to tweet at 8 a.m. or 8 p.m., most of my followers are in LA, so let's do that in LA time. And that'll pick up a few people in New York and London and Australia in the mix. And then every time you come across an article or you write a new blog, you just simply cut and paste and put it in your buffer. It's, it takes wow. 10 seconds. And it just remembers that next, you know, tomorrow at 8 o'clock, it'll post out another tweet for you. Mm -hmm. And it gives you stats. 
on who's retweeted, how many followers they have. So there's a little bit of a tweet reach calculator there. And it's a very, very simple one to use. It costs 10 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. There is a free version, but it's very limited. But for 10 bucks a month, you have a limited access to their process. And I think uh, as we stand, I've probably got my tweets going out because I tweet four times a day on automation, probably for the next six weeks. Okay, yeah. So six weeks ahead of time, I know that I've got four tweets going out. You can rotate them so you can jumble them up, a bit like random on your iPad, iPod. Yeah. So, you know, you don't want to tweet in a line. You just jumble them up so they go in various places. So Buffer App is my favourite, but what do you use? I personally use Hootsuite.com and have used that for, for quite some time. I'm only using the free version. I did upgrade and use the paid version, and I think that was about $9.95, about $10 a month as well. But uh, I didn't use all of the facilities and the functions, of course, so I went back to free. Um, but what I do is I've got a VA, and she's got about 4,500 tweets that I keep adding to every <laughs> You know, one of the one of the nights that I was up at 3 a.m., I thought, oh, no, I'll write tweets. No, they've been building up, you know, over time and I keep adding to them. And okay. so she just selects which ones that she puts out, she wants to put up there and she schedules those for me. So. And this actually picks up perfectly on the 10 to 1 rule. So, for instance, if you've got 4,000 tweets, you've been accumulating lots and lots and lots of data, mm. years and years and years. And a lot of this stuff is what we call evergreen. It, it's it's universally acceptable in May, March, February, and December. You know, it doesn't matter what time of year it is. Mm -hmm. This still holds true. So, if you can pick ten of those evergreen tweets and just have them sitting out there in random land, they go out throughout the day, scattered out in the Hansel and Gretel model. I call it. You're delivering little breadcrumbs. Mm -hmm. Once or twice a day, you can jump in and do a live tweet. Yeah, if absolutely. The latest gig, your latest adventure, your latest show. And you're covering all bases. You're tweeting live. You, you're putting in new material. But you're also, and this is actually specifically the case for the coaching consultant speaker market because we have lots of information that we're very passionate about, which is evergreen. Yeah? It certainly is. For these 4,000 tweets are relevant today as they were last year and will be next year, yeah? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I love the way that you've said you do a balance of each, you know, be there live, also schedule so that you're picking up on, um, you know, times that your audience may be there but you're not necessarily going to be there. Or maybe you've got a speaking event that you are going to attend or that you're going to be presenting at so you're not able to be there yet yeah. you want to, to pre-schedule something. And I think what's really beneficial is the fact that you said and, and have done throughout all of the, you know, e each of the, the episodes that we've spoken on so far in this series is that it's so important to try and measure what's working for you what are the best times we've got this other tool now twiria.com and of course all of that really allows us to identify what's being shared what's being retweeted what are our audience really in enjoying and of course then tweeting those either live or of course scheduling them on some of those apps and, and resources that you've shared so it's so important isn't it oh it's brilliant and you know this is as business owners, we need to know the benefits of our actions. It's not just see what happens. We, we, you know, see what happens never works. You know, you've got to track it. You certainly see, do. Yeah. Agreed, yeah? 
Oh, yeah. And I think, you know, at the very beginning when we first started talking about this, you know, both of us mentioned, Keith, that for some people it's, oh, I don't get Twitter, it's not working for me and so on. Well, you've had a number of ahas across each of the, the series in that it's so important. There's a strategy behind it. There's a plan. There's ongoing measurement. And so, you know, for you, Keith, you might have all of a sudden realized, hey, when I tweet at this time of day, uh, I get more interaction. So then if you find that out, then you know that that's a really great time for you to continue sharing information on, on Twitter. So it's not just a matter of, hey, I'm going to send stuff out. And as you've said, Keith, you stand up on top of the Empire Building and you shout out your content. There's strategy behind it. And of course, all of the shows that we've we've spoken about and in each of the, the series, each has presented it a tool and a strategy that uh, we can leverage. So very, very, very important. I'm proud of what we're doing here, Amory. I'm so proud that we've, we've come together again to present really nuggets of wisdom, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, if this is the very first time that you've stumbled across a Coaches Connection podcast, you're listening, of course, to episode 31, go and check out the show notes because uh, we'll list all of the resources that uh, Keith has shared today, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash ccp31. Go and click through all of those links. And of course, if this is the first time you're joining us, go back and listen to the other, each of the other four series that we've done because each builds on one another and you don't want to miss out one of the most important pieces of the puzzle. Uh, and of course, then you're not going to understand what you're doing and you're not going to leverage the best way to really continue to promote yourself and your products using Twitter. Keith, what will you be talking about in next the next week's episode? I think this is the most important thing about twitter what makes twitter twitter hashtags hashtag hashtag twitter <laughs> and in the show notes we're going to definitely put those jimmy fallon videos this oh time. i think so it's so funny yeah so hashtag keith this has been a great show hashtag lol <laughs> so we're going to teach you how to use twitter uh, hashtags in twitter in a mm. sensible way in a sensible way and there's three main ways to do that i'm going to talk about how to use twitter to get traction to get more reach to measure what's going on and to use it at an event. Yes. And to pick up on what is now being called uh, trending topics. So exciting, exciting times. Exciting for sure. Well, thanks once again. And I cannot wait to learn more about hashtag hashtags. <laughs> I'll see you next week. See you then. Wow, so many other resources and tools that you can check out to really help you become far more productive in your day while you're scheduling your tweets and connections with, of course, all of the followers that you are growing on your Twitter handle. So go and check out all of those uh, resources that Keith was just speaking about. Um, and, of course, the link to go and check that out on the show notes is www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash CCP31. Well, today's inspirational tip is another one of my favorites. I love this one. It's by Thomas Foxwell Buxton. And he says, with ordinary talent and extraordinary perseverance, all things are attainable. Love that. With ordinary talent and extraordinary perseverance, all things are attainable. So you know what? Even though you may look at other people and what they're doing in their coaching practice, and you kind of think, you know what? I don't really have anything special to offer. And I beg to differ. Every one of us, including you, has an incredible, irresistible brilliance. You just need to identify what that is and allow it to shine through. 
But you know what? You don't need to have extra special talent. What you do need is extraordinary perseverance. It's the commitment, the dedication to just keep moving forward. Even if you are faced with challenges or struggles or that same issue has come again. How about looking at it from a different perspective? Maybe getting some support, maybe hiring. Hiring a mentor, maybe hiring team to be able to support you in working through that. Because with that extraordinary perseverance, growing a successful coaching practice is attainable, not just for everybody else, but for you as well. And I just want to remind you that you too can grow a successful coaching practice. You just need to have that extraordinary perseverance and commitment to doing that. So that brings us definitely to the end of another show, another jam-packed show for you. If this is the first time that you've listened to our show, welcome. It's great that you could join us. Why don't you go ahead and subscribe to the iTunes channel. The link is on the show notes. And while you're there, rate the show and leave some feedback. What did you enjoy? What were your ahas? What action step are you going to take moving forward in your business to help you take that next step, that next leap? using your extraordinary perseverance moving forward. Reach out and let us know. And of course, there's the details on the show notes about how you can connect with us and how you can tweet and shout out. And we'll certainly tweet and shout out back to you. We've got another fantastic show lined up again for you next week. So make sure you come on back. And of course, if you subscribe, it'll automatically get pushed out to your um, MP3 player. Anyway, that's enough for me. Have a fantastic week. And until then, stay inspired. 